Have you ever seen someone living an amazing life and thought to yourself, how'd they get so lucky? If you are not currently living a life that's on your terms, a life by your design, then this podcast series is for you. This is the More Confidence with Luna Guy podcast. And in this special season, I'm going to be interviewing people who are living a life by design, living a life on their terms. And I'm going to find out once and for all if it is just luck or there's something more going on. Let's dive in. Liz, I have never met someone who has intentionally gone and done 35,000 burpees in a group of six, admittedly, but five, 6,000 burpees for a world record. Are you crazy? Uh, possibly a little bit. I think some people think I'm crazy or that we were all crazy for doing it. Uh, but honestly, I think when you've got a really good reason for doing something, there's that really big why behind it. Uh, it makes it that little less crazy. And um, yeah, you know, the, the reason that we did it um, definitely just uh, made it Maybe not easy. It definitely wasn't easy, but it kind of made it more, um, you know, I know why we're doing this. It's for a great reason. It's for a great cause. So, mm-hmm. What was yeah. the cause? What's the reason? Uh, so it was to raise money. That? <laughs> That's a really great question. Uh, so it was to raise money for vets suffering with PTSD, uh, which is something that I kind of feel very strongly about. Um you know, there's a lot of vets out there that uh, commit suicide. There's about 22 vets a day. It's a number from the United States. Uh, but, you know, that's just, it's a massive number regardless of, of where it is. So uh, something that kind of feel very strongly about. Um, yeah. You and I have had conversations about this before. And I remember you saying to me that, that in a situation like that, when you're 24 hours, so I take it that you don't sleep in that time. Is that right? Uh, we had... Uh, every sort of 20 minutes, we were working in twos. Every 20 minutes, we'd have a 10-minute break. Uh, so you could kind of go and just do whatever whatever you needed to do. I found that in that 10-minute break, I was having to go into the bathroom and look myself in the eye and uh, kind of say, like, you've got this, like, you can do this because uh, it, was, it was really fucking hard and um, my body was starting to break down and uh, I was wanting to show up for the team. Um, so kind of just like putting on face and doing it, even though it was, you know, it was a, it was a big struggle. So, yeah. When we were talking off air, you were saying that, that in a situation like that, it can either be heaven or hell. Yes. Yeah. What, what was it for you? It was absolute hell. Uh, <laughs> and this is where I don't sort of, um, people kind of get surprised when I tell them this because I think yeah. they, they think I went in there going, oh, you know, this is going to be easy and that I had an absolute ball and, um, I learned a big, big lesson that day, and that was that whatever we're doing, whatever you're doing in life, you can always choose, you know, is it heaven? Is it hell? Am I having a good time right now? Um, and I chose hell in those 24 hours, like especially kind of around the halfway point. Godly? Did you know that you were choosing hell at the time or was that post? Not really. I think my mind was just kind of getting wrapped up in, you know, my feet were swollen. I decided to do it barefoot, which the others had shoes on. Uh, My knuckles, my hands were really sore. And um, in the moment, like you kind of just get stuck in, you get stuck in your mind, right? And it wasn't until after the fact that I was like, holy shit, like that was my doing. I made it like that. Um, so I've kind of taken that with me in other things that I've done. And it's sort of a little reminder in life, um, you know, that, oh, hang on, I get to choose. I get to choose how I feel about this. So 
People would find that really hard to believe, Liz. People would find that really hard when they're sitting there going, but the circumstances suck. You know, most people don't even like to do one burpee, let alone upwards of five or 6,000 burpees with no sleep, you know, um, going hard at a time, 20 minutes of burpees at a time. You know, one minute of burpees would be hard enough. I think that people would find it really difficult to believe that that you got to decide whether or not, like, how could that possibly be heaven? How could it be heaven? Because it's completely up to you. We were there, we were pushing our bodies, pushing our minds and doing something for a great cause. Um, and, you know, I think what's the, what life, what do you desire in life? And, you know, you do get to choose that, yes, this is going to be, you know, awesome or it's, it's going to suck. Um, so, yeah. How do you differentiate then between, you know, when the circumstances seemingly suck, right? Like the average person isn't, is, is, that would be a pretty sucky situation, right? And obviously you put yourself into it. So there's that. But when people have situations maybe where they are experiencing PTSD or they're having experiences with, um, you know, like the, we, we had a global, you know, situation for several years, whatever we want to call that. How do you think that people would, like, how do we differentiate between the external circumstances suck? And what I'm hearing is that the, your internal world made a choice to view that as sucking. How, how do you do that? Yeah, so I think it's just coming down to controlling what you can control. Um, and, you know, you can't control what's happening in the outside world. You know, we've got to look back over the last couple of years and that's very, very apparent. But we can control, you know, what's going on in our inner domain. You know, the way that we think, the way that we feel how we, you know, show up in the world, we can control that. So I think that's a, um, you know, something that I think a lot of people don't actually have that realisation that they, they actually have a lot of control over what's going on inside their mind um, and they get, they get to choose. And I'm not saying it's easy either and I'm not scary. PTSD is, <laughs> it's a big thing and I'm not saying that they just have to think positively or anything like that, but um, yeah, yeah. We get to choose where our focus is. And that's exactly why I think that I've had you on this podcast here today, Liz. Because this podcast, How'd You Get So Lucky? This is the conversation about people who are living a life on their terms. People who have seemed to have, if I would, break, bro, you know, broken free of the matrix, so to speak. They're not following the, the, the path that is set out for us. And, and you have carved your own. You know, you're a personal trainer. You're a precision nutrition certified coach. You're a group fitness instructor, remedial massage therapist. You're a 700 hour yoga teacher training and yin yoga teacher. You are doing so many incredible things in your body, but also in your mind. And you are living a life that is on your terms. Is that probably fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely, definitely fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that look like? What, what, does it, what does it look like that you, like, how, can't, how, how have you got here to be living a life? And, and a caveat for everybody listening here at home, my version of living a life on your terms doesn't mean that it's without problems. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that it's fancy free. Doesn't mean that, you know, you necessarily have all the money in the world and never a problem. It's just simply that you are, you are deliberately choosing it. Yes. How did you get here? Um, you know, I think I was doing like a lot of jobs that I just absolutely hated. I was living this life um, where I was living for the weekend and, you know, living to party and uh, I was not happy at all. 
Um, I was very uh, insecure and just basically just hated hated my life and um, got to the point where I was just I I'm sick of this. Like I'm sick of struggling for you know working for money or making someone else rich and just sort of working for the weekend to then repeat it all over again. Yeah. Um, so probably when I was about I think about 23, just making that choice of um, I want to live life on my terms. I want to choose what I do with my time. Mm. Um, that was sort of, that's probably the biggest thing for me is having that freedom to choose what I do with my own time um, and doing meaningful work as well um, because I can't do the clock in and clock off and then head home and do it all again until Friday comes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's probably the biggest the biggest thing for me is having that meaning behind it. Yeah. Um, so how did it? You're, you're, you're a no BS kind of kind of personal trainer, and that's yeah. that's what I love about you because a personal trainer to me, from what I know of you, Liz, seems like an understatement. You know, to me, you are a to you you are a human performance. Um, Oh, what would be the word to to me? You are a specialist in human performance because it's wow. not just in the physical kind of side of things. What you really go in, you're like you you demystify, you talk really honestly, and I I love that about you, and that's why we get along so well. Because you know, in my world, in the coaching world, it's not like oh yeah, just think great, think positive, <laughs> just eh. You and I get along really well for that reason because you approach something that has been so what I would say influenced like mm. the influencer idea of the brand new workout that's going to revolutionize you're like get in do the reps <laughs> be consistent show up for years you'll get the results yes yeah and I, and I love that about you you were 23 when when you decided that you no longer wanted to live a life that was prescribed to you and you were going to write your own prescription that's pretty bloody young what do you think was the the catalyst or what what led you to be 23 and starting to make those decisions uh I was in a relationship at the time uh with a guy that I'd been together for about five years and uh just kind of again like we're just going through the motions and I was just there has to be more to life than this he was happy to sit and just do nothing with himself um, and I had that realisation one day, like, I want more out of life than this. And so, yeah, made the choice to, to end it. Um, and it's probably one of the best, best decisions I think I've ever made in my life. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. I love that you say that. And, and when I'm having these conversations with people on this podcast, what I'm really noticing is the theme of, of we knew we needed to leave or end or stop or change it had mm -hmm. been coming for a while is that fair to say like did you absolutely know? yeah, yeah. it's probably you know, a good like probably 12 to 18 months where yeah. i was kind of going but thinking like oh well this is it like this is the life i've chosen um yeah. but then having that realization like i can't continue like this like things have to change mm. otherwise you know it just i don't know where i would be right now if i had stayed um i can't even yeah, fathom i can't think, see you, know. you with a brood of children and probably children. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite funny because liz, liz you you have decided by choice to not have children is that right yes yes uh that was probably a decision yeah when i was younger i remember thinking oh you know i'll grow up and get married and and have children but i think around the age of kind of 17 18 i was like oh i don't have to do that 
Um, and I think people, it can make some people uncomfortable, I think, when you sort of very openly just say, well, I, I have chosen not to or I don't want children. Um, and it's just lucky that I, I met a partner, Andrew, who doesn't want children either. So it kind of just has all worked out perfectly. Or not perfectly, but you yeah. know what I mean? It's all worked out, yeah. Well, you worked out aligned, right? Like yes. You, you found someone who was aligned in that in that idea. To, to live, that's, you know, again, there's a theme here that there's a prescribed life. There is a written kind of idea that you go to school, uh, perhaps you go to university after school or you go get a job at some point, that becomes a career for your life. You find someone to fall in love with, you get married, you have kids, eventually you retire at 65, you know, you live for the weekend, you live for your four weeks and you'll leave if you're lucky in Australia. Um, for those living in the States, we have four weeks. But those yeah. living in like Switzerland, I think they have six. So, you know, but you live for these short periods of time to which you're allowed, you know, the chains are, um, are let off and you're let out of your cage and you're allowed to go to what you want to do. What is it about that life that you didn't you know that that is disagreeable to you i think just the going to work to pay for things that you know you think possibly make you happy um but don't actually kind of make you happy and doing something that for me, for me it just comes back as well to that doing something that is fulfilling for me you know sharing with the world what i do sharing my passion with the world. Um, I can't do that working at Target. And there's nothing wrong with working at Target if that's what people do. Um, but for myself, it just, uh, it's not an option. Like for me, I look at that now and I go, that life is, it's not an option. Um, and I will not go there and I will not go back there um, to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing there and, it, and it's, and it's you know, obviously the example there of Target and it's it's got nothing to do with that by any stretch of imagination i know that you know that too it's actually settling for a life that is less than what is in your heart yes that's what i'm really hearing there yeah. if you get so much love and passion and and fulfillment in in being you know amazing customer service experience is a passion and people yeah. are bloody good at it yeah absolutely and, yeah and i think that you can have passion working for someone else i think that that's actually yeah. really possible i think that there's a lot of people who aren't suited to work for themselves yep. because it's pretty bloody hard. What, what have you found uh, to, to work for yourself the way that you do? What have been, what, what are some of the pitfalls of that? Uh, I think like the most challenging thing for me is actually being able to switch off from it. Um, so I feel like I continually, like if I'm not doing something for my business, then, you know, I'm being lazy and uh, slowly learning that that is absolutely not the case. And, you know, the way that I work is I do really well with, you know, big bursts of work and then stepping back from it and taking a break and actually allowing myself to, to switch off. Um, so that's probably the most challenging thing. But then also just the it takes a lot of discipline to actually, you know, because it's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. I don't go to work and have someone pay me at the end of it, you know, a weekly wage. Like it's my responsibility to get up, to put mm -hmm. things out there, um, to put great things out there. And mm -hmm. then, you know, hopefully that connects with people. Um, so I think that's a definitely one of the, the hardest parts as well. Just that all the responsibility is on you. It's the most challenging thing, but I also love that about it as well. Um, because 
again, it comes down to, well, this is a, a choice that I've made. And um, if I want to live this life, then I have to be okay with that. So. Yeah, it, it comes with the territory, right? And I think that yep. that's true. Living life on your terms are relevant of if you're on in business on your own. For those people who are thinking about kind of going into business and they're and they're going, oh, I wish I could have that. I want to be really candid around that because it it does take. I've got a very dear friend who's a you know high level exec in you know marketing in companies, um, in you know multinational companies, and he says to me. I, I couldn't do, I couldn't be self-employed. He goes, I wouldn't have the motivation. I don't have the yep. discipline. I like people telling me to a certain extent what to do. Yep. And, and I think that maybe those of us in business or entrepreneurial kind of spirits, maybe we don't like people telling us what to do so much. <laughs> that's, I think that's possibly my biggest problem. <laughs> Not problem, but. <laughs> maybe you have a problem with authority. Liz. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Uh, so my name is Liz and I'm a control freak. That's basically. <laughs> basically. My name is Luna and I'm a control freak. Yeah. <laughs> yes, here, here is the space. Yeah. You listeners at home, say your name and, and admit the, the, the yep. control. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that for a really long time, I actually thought that I had to fix that about myself. Um, because I think in some certain situations, obviously, you know, like with the past couple of years, you have to be able to just let go and be like, well, I don't know what's going to happen and I'm okay with that. Um, but to a certain extent when it comes to, again, the way that I want to spend my time and um, live my life, like I am a control freak and I'm going to own that and use that to my advantage. So. And coming back to the burpee situation, you know, in that, it's really interesting because you spoke about that, that the part of the reason why that was hell for you was because you were trying to control circumstances outside of you rather than control the thing that's inside of you. Yeah, definitely. How has that shifted for you in your life, do you think? Uh, I think, especially like with, with the last couple of years, just the, uh, not necessarily, like the ability just to, to let go and to go with the flow to a certain extent. And that then allows for other opportunities to come in as well. I think um, if you're always constantly trying to control every single little thing, it creates tension within you. Um, and I really learned that throughout the, the burpees. Um, and so that is always a little reminder for me in life, like, maybe sometimes it is okay to let go and allow other people to offer help or do things with other people because you don't know what's going to pop up from that um, or what opportunities may arise or who you may meet, um, the experiences that you can have from that. Um, so I think that's probably one of the biggest the biggest things. There's a few things there, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that, that uh, that's about the balance which you know it strikes me as a it's it's almost my life part of my life's work is to how do i balance my ambition my go for it my go get yes personality you know my 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 go achieve and hunt while allowing myself to surrender and receive the outcomes because yeah ultimately we can't control the outcomes we can yep. only control our actions we can only control our thoughts our beliefs our actions but what what the result of that is isn't actually up to us that's right yeah how do you play in that uncertainty of you're an ambitious woman liz you like to go get it you're like to a hunter how does that land with you that surrender piece of i actually can't control the outcome 
Uh, it's something that I'm probably still working on. I think it's like the ultimate you know, masculine, feminine. Um, and because I am a very much a, you know, go get them. I have to have control. I want to look at, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing to achieve that, um, to get to that end goal? Um, and this is something that I, you know, try and instill in the people that I work with as well. If they're trying to get fitter or they're trying to uh, lose weight, you can't always control what's going to happen at the end. Yeah. But coming back to what you were saying, um, just enjoying the journey along the way and, you know, making sure that you're doing it in a way that's it's authentic to you um, is probably one of the most uh, important things for me to continue to come back to. Yeah. Um, but just in, yeah, enjoying the journey along the way and being willing to negotiate and say, well, OK, it doesn't look like I want it to look, uh, but oh, my God, look what's happened. Um, yes. so yeah, yeah. Just being willing to. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you and I've worked together in, in terms of from like a fitness perspective, like, you know, you, you, uh, you write my programs, you help, you know, me train. And if anybody's been following me for, for some time, they would probably notice that there's been some shifts, changes in my body over the last, you know, 12, uh, 12, 18 months kind of vibe. And it's, it's really interesting because as my body has changed shape, what has what has occurred is that I had an expectation in my head. I noticed this, an expectation of what my body was going to look like, lighter or leaner, the, the, the literal shape of it. And I had this realization recently, which I haven't shared with you. I had this realization where I was looking at photos of myself going, oh, I'm actually never going to have a tiny waist in proportion to my hips. That That is the shape of my body. Yep. And we, we can't change the, sh I can't, I can change the visceral things, the thing that's on the outside of the body. I can change the, the fat distribution or the muscle dis distribution, but I can't actually change the shape of my bones. Yes. Your structure. <laughs> structure. Like you can't actually change that. There is, there is whether or not, you know, someone hasn't, because right now it's very popular to have a tiny waist big breast with a big or actually probably less breast and a and more butt, ass right? yeah yeah so i think they actually call it something in the in the influence world but it's like having a cinched waist and strong glutes there are there are programs out there that are training people to have a cinched waist and and a big ass what is your when you look at i know i can feel like your eyes <laughs> Like, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, please tell me because I love your no BS approach to this. How, how do we as individuals who do want to create change, who are looking to maybe be fitter or healthier or, yes, lose body fat, right? How do we – well, actually, better better question for you here, Liz, is what is your opinion on on that kind of culture? I think it can be quite dangerous. Um for people because it is, it's selling this, you know, unrealistic uh, body or unrealistic kind of view of how a body should look. Mm. Um, and, you know, I know I laugh about it and, you know, might roll my eyes about it. Um, but I know that a lot of people kind of look at that and they think that that is, oh, that's what I need to do to be healthy or um, that is strong. And, uh, you know, it always ends in disappointment, unfortunately. And, you know, everybody is different. Like, you know, our bones and structure are 
you know, we all have the same bones and we all have the same muscles, but we, you know, there's different shapes, there's different sizes and selling a program to someone saying that this is how you're going to look at the end of it. Um, it's, you know, it's false advertising. It's a big load of shit because the training that I do, the training that you do, we're going to look different because we have different, different uh, structures and you're taller, you know, I'm shorter. Um, so yeah, I kind of distribution of of body fat, of muscle, of of the way that our bodies react to training, yeah, is is going to be different too, isn't it? Like absolutely, if, yeah. So this idea that I'm going to put a, a certain body on my vision board, that by the end of end of, you know, yeah. I say in inverted commas there, like the end of of a certain period of time, I'm going to have a Kim Kardashian body, that is wildly unrealistic for many people because they simply don't have that body shape is that is that right absolutely yeah and it's kind of also coming back into I sort of always ask people if they're wanting to look a certain way like what about that is going to make you happy like what makes you think that once you get there that you're actually going to be happy so Mm. I really when I'm working with people it's about finding you know let's do what we know works um, and then, you know, the after effects of that is going to kind of represent how your body, how your body looks. Um, so kind of finding their, their own shape, uh, because that generally is, that is you know, beautiful when people can find their own actual body shape without trying to look like, like someone else with these massive ass cheeks that, you know, a lot of the time there's like fake ass plants now, like yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> I mean, the implant, but also like there's shorts that you can buy that have like, yeah. like have padded bra, right? You have padded padded pants now to give you more of an up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. I think that that, it, that is dangerous because you know even even for myself, who's who I would consider myself to have pretty strong level of self awareness, it almost surprised me when I was like, oh, I'm not particularly hourglass in the way that I thought that I would be I had yeah. this perception that if my body is smaller even though it's been smaller over the years um when it's smaller that somehow my waist would get smaller in proportion to my <laughs> hips but that's never going to happen how can it if the fat comes off my hips it's going to come off my waist in the same same, same proportion way so yeah. I'm probably a pair more than I am an hourglass, even though the hourglass is what is deemed as the holy grail yeah. over the years. Yeah. I do have to say, Luna, you're looking very, very strong. Like you do. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I and that comes that. back to that, that being consistent um, and just, and doing the work. So. Yeah. You, you just said before what you said that when you're working with a, with a client, you're like, you figure out what, like, let's do what works. What works? first of all it's finding uh, a way of movement that you enjoy I think that is really important Uh, and then within that uh, resistance training some form of resistance training lifting some form of weight uh, is so crucial especially for women especially as we're aging and let's face it like we are getting younger Um, so you know doing some form of resistance training incorporating some you know cardio training into that eating a balanced diet it doesn't have to be it's not you know restricting yourself of food it's enjoying food um and knowing that it comes with um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh it comes with 
Uh, so, you know, family and it comes with, um, you know, occasions and... Um, yeah, and being able to find a really consistent way of implementing that into your life that works for you. And again, not everybody's different. The way that I train is not going to be the way that, you know, you train or the way that, um, you know, I would, you know, write a program for someone else who maybe has less time to be yep. in the gym. Um, so. But the core principles are the same for everybody as well, right? The yep. way that it looks is going to be different because of yes. our different bodies and our different lifestyles and all that kind of stuff. But but what I'm really hearing is is two things. There are foundational, fundamental things that we absolutely everybody knows. Yeah, everybody knows that 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 in order to be our healthier self, we need to make sure that we're eating a wide variety of of healthy foods. And everybody knows what a healthy food is for the yep. most part, right? Like we really do. There's hidden stuff in things, but generally, as close to the source as possible. That's what I always say. As close to the source as possible. And then we can kind of bring in other little things, um, bring in other things around that. So Yeah, that's a great, yeah. that's a great distinction. As close to the source as possible. Moving moving our bodies in a way that is is joyful for us with some resistance training and being the word that comes through for me the most there with there is consistency. It has yes. to be consistent. Is that right? Absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of people... Uh, you know, fall off. They do something for maybe two weeks and they go, well, that's not working. So I'm going to go, Why I'll move on to the next thing. Months? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. That's yeah. right. Um, or they do these intense kind of four week challenges that just absolutely smash you. And yes, you're probably going to lose weight and build some muscle over that four weeks, but you can't maintain it. And yeah. people, you know, I think can really be disheartening for people because they think I can't continue this. And it's like, well, you shouldn't and you don't have to. Um, it's not the way that we're actually, you know, designed to to be. So, Yeah, yeah, that consistency yeah. is so important. Over the length of your life, it's not even just, cool, six months, 12 months, it's forevermore, right? Like that's yeah. the kind of commitment that if you want to be your healthier self, physically and mentally is what I'm hearing from you, Liz, consistency across the board is more important than quantity. It's more important than intensity yeah practically everything yeah like if you show up regularly to the to the practice be that your mental health be that your physical health yes long term that is going to benefit your happiness yes absolutely yeah you've mentioned a few times around happiness what do you think happiness is oh god that's a really great question no. <laughs> take a breath uh for you it's not it doesn't even mean like you know globally but for you personally Happiness for me is, it's content, contentment, I guess. And just, um, oh, wow. I think you might've put me on the spot, Luna. And... This is really great. So for everyone listening yeah. at home, the questions that I, that I ask all my guests on this podcast series, I, I haven't sent through these questions to any of my guests, just so everybody knows here. The, and and there's, a few, there's a few big, beautiful duties that are coming that I will ask that, that Liz has had no preparation for. I'm, I'm talking right now, so she has an opportunity for her brain to go, what the hell is happiness for me? And honestly, if the answer is, I haven't figured that out yet, that yeah. is a beautiful answer to come. So I'm curious. Yeah, I think happiness for me is just, honestly, it's like, it's, it's freedom. It's, um, you know, being with people that I love. It's my puppy dogs. It's yeah. being able to move my body every day. 
um, yeah, I think that would possibly be happiness for me. It's fabulous. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's beautiful. <laughs> tell me, tell me, what is your favourite mistake that you've made in your life that maybe Ooh. at the time was a failure or something that you thought was not great that turned out to be pretty darn good? You've already used your leaving your partner when you're 23 vibe. So I'm kind of thinking like, and that could be your favourite, but what has been your favourite mistake in your life, do you think? Uh, so this is something that I haven't actually told very many people. So let's tell heaps of people while we're let's at tell it. The <laughs> and it's something that I was for a very long time, only up until maybe a year ago that I was really ashamed of. Um, and I used to actually lie about it to people um, in conversation. And that was that I left school when I was in year nine, halfway through year nine. Um, not because, you know, I wasn't a bad kid. Uh, I just had kind of figured out that, oh, I don't have to be here. I can go and uh, do other stuff that I would prefer to do because why would I want to be at school? Um, yeah. So that was it's probably the you know biggest mistake, but it's sort of the biggest thing for me where I look back and I go, I am so glad that I actually I did that. Um, yeah. And I'm so glad that my mother allowed me to do that. She was very much all for it. Um, and yeah, it fifth, what, 14, 15, is that what we're looking at? Yeah, I think I was um, possibly just, I was just about to turn 15, 15, I think, yeah. And the school was, you know, they were very active in wanting me to, to stay and doing things to kind of help me stay. And um, I kind of made the choice and mum oh. said to me, like, let's, you know, if you don't want to be here, I don't want yeah. you to be here. And I said, well, I don't want to be here. Um, but I had to do something. That was the trade-off. I had to go in and I had to do some training and, um, and start working. And I did that. So. Yeah, what did you do? Yeah, like what? what, what yeah, so I think I did do? like a couple of TAFE courses. And then I actually, I worked at, um, at Golo. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Stop it. In Canberra. I've been for years. Yeah, I was at the um, Golo in Bateman's Bay. It used to be next to, uh, I think there's a supplement store in it now. Um, oh, it used to be a lot bigger than the supplement yeah. stories. Um, yes, yeah, so I think I was there for about maybe three years. And then I started also doing some um, hospitality work mm-hmm. uh, with that as well. And yeah, it sort of just um, took me a really long time to kind of be okay, okay with that. I thought I'd made a big mistake uh, probably about a year later. Um, yeah. yeah. So, But I think, you know, it's kind of led me to, it's led me to here. So i no yeah, regrets. I mean, no regrets. Sharing, I, you know, I think that that's such a powerful, a, a powerful story because, you know, you spoke about like going and living your life in your terms, which is what this conversation is all about. Like, how did you get so lucky? It's really fascinating to me because, you know, at 23, you made that catalyst decision, but actually, when you were, you know, coming on 15, you had already started to build a life on to your build terms it. at yeah. such a young age. Like to sit there yeah. and go. You know, by the time by the time we're fourteen, fifteen, we have the basics of reading and writing, of you know, arithmetic, so to speak. All of that's covered, right? You know how to read. You're literate by that point in time. It's not yeah. like you're, you, you know, you're illiterate by any stretch of the imagination, right? You're you're an articulate, intelligent woman, and it it just goes to show that I, I hear lots of stories of entrepreneurs who didn't finish school. Yes. Lots of them, right, who, like, yeah. didn't finish high school. 
and this idea in society that we must, and I'm not, if there's any young people listening, I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying that that's the path for you. <laughs> go, go, go kids, leave school and take drugs. Don't mean that by any stretch. But it, it is that... that it's not built for everyone. And yes, yeah. And that's actually what my mum said to me. She said, school's not for, school's not for everyone and I think it's, it's just not for you. And it was never something that I, I never enjoyed going there. And I know there's probably most kids don't enjoy going to school. Um, yeah. And, you know, it wasn't bad at school. I just, you know, got along and did what I had to do to, to get through it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, once I had that choice to actually – I was given an ultimatum, basically, like you either stay yeah. – or we're going to expel you, or you can yeah, leave. Right. And so I kind of said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Adios. So. And with the support of your mother in that, you were then able to go, like, you know, go low. You were able to, <laughs> you were able, to, able to get that life experience in the world to kind of learn more about yourself. By the time you would have hit 18, you've got three years of full-time work under your belt. Yes. Which is incredibly useful in terms of being a self-starter, Liz, you know, right now, I love that that's the example that you brought up. And I thank you so much for that because there's so much value in that. You were able to, at that tender age, really, really carve, start to carve your own path. And no doubt at school, you were carving your own path the, the years that led to that decision as well, wouldn't you think? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, um, I was at a, a private school uh, for the first couple of years of high school and then was told by my parents that I could go to the public school when I hit year 11 and 12. But I was like, well, I know I'm not going to year 11 and 12. So I actually went and enrolled myself in the public school. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, already living the life on your terms. Yes. So yeah, came home and said, oh, I've already done it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to the public school next year. So <laughs> Yeah, wow, wow. I mean, there's, there's so much um, courage and conviction in that, Liz. There's, you know, I know that you've spoken about maybe having having that kind of low low self sense of like low self esteem, and you know, later in life at that 23 kind of stuff. Um, and I know that you've had body image stuff that has gone on in your life too. Mm. How has that kind of, you know, it feels like that that's at odds. You know, you've had this courageous life that you've been living but that hasn't always been necessarily associated with happiness or um feeling confident within yourself hmm. ha is that is that true is that how that was for you you were courageous and living but not necessarily aligned what possibly yeah like when I think back to you know when I was sort of around that kind of 14 15 year old, I would never sort of think of it as being, oh, I was doing this courageous, courageous thing and sort of building my own path. I thought there was, back then I was like, there's something wrong with me because, yeah, um, yeah I felt like you know, the, the misfit, I'm the misfit, like, and I don't, I don't fit in here. Um, I'm not meant to, not meant to be here, not in, you know, not here in this world, but I'm not meant to, um, you know, the, what society is telling me I'm meant to do it just does not feel right for me. And I think from the very get-go, I was sort of just always drawn away from it. Um, so it always kind of felt like that, that bit of misfit. So it didn't, definitely didn't feel like courage at first. No. <laughs> because um, it, it has the impact to have that like, oh, I don't belong here. Everybody else seems to be getting along fine with this prescription, you know, and yes. we don't know it's a prescription at that age. And I think that, yeah. you know, sim similar journey uh, for, for me, I mean, I like – 
just finished year 12 like year 11 and year 12 were just like oh my god I just have to do this I certainly didn't ever think that there was an option for me to not do it and and but I always felt like I wasn't everybody else seemed to get along doing it okay and I pretended really well to get along doing it but it never made any sense to me and that often made me feel isolated it often made me feel like as you say there was something wrong with me there was shame that was associated with that how like when did that switch for you not to say that it's completely switched but I feel like it probably has when did when was the turning point of like oh this is actually my superpower and this is really cool that I don't fit in in society when did that happen um to be totally honest I think it's only just recently like fully switched where I've gone like oh shit like this has all happened for a reason and this is exactly why I am here. Um, So I think around like the age of probably like 30 years old, I kind of started to go, oh, hang on a second, maybe everything I've done hasn't been a total fuck up. Um, But probably only the last last sort of six months to a year has been that full-blown like little click where it's clicked and I've gone, oh, hang on a second, like – this is something that is my superpower. My control freakness is my superpower um, if I choose it to be so. so. You have to learn how to use it, right? Like when yeah. you the origin stories of all the superheroes, their power is destructive in the beginning. Yes. Always, because they don't know how to use it. Even if you look at Harry Potter, right? Like he's blowing up bloody Dudley in the, in the park. The snake gets let out. Like he, he doesn't know how to control it yet. Yeah. I'm loving what you've just shared there, Liz, that for the first 30 odd years of your life, despite the fact that you continue to walk this path, it hasn't been a bed of roses where you're like, oh yeah, I'm just so lucky. I'm so fortunate. I just, great things happen to me. I'm going to go carve this own path. I'm a massive, you know, like it hasn't been this full of confidence kind of self. It's been only in the last, you know, four to six years where you've been really starting to settle into like, oh, yeah, this is my rhythm. Yes. Yes, I can definitely, definitely, yeah, say that's 100%, 100% true, yeah. What part of you has been the hardest part that you've had to let go of in order to have this life, do you think? Oh. I think the willingness to, to show up and actually, you know, take the mask off and be, you know, this is 100% me. Um, and yeah, sort of put my, put myself out there and not worry about what, you know, the feedback is or not worry about what other people might say. Um, I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing. I was always very shy as a child. Um, you know, you know, my story sort of lots of insecurity and, you know, there was an eating disorder as well. And, um, yeah, it's taken a, a really long time to kind of, be able to, yeah, put myself out there and just be, this is me, this is what I do. Uh, if you like it, join me. If not, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and being okay with knowing that not everyone is for you. You're not for everyone. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Amen to that. I think that yeah. that's probably one of the biggest things that when people are moving from people-pleasing, from low self-esteem, wanting to build confidence in themselves. I was talking to a client just yesterday and she's like, what, you know, I'm scared that people won't like me. And I'm like, cool. The sooner that you realize that people don't and won't like you, the the better life gets. Yes. Because 
as Dita Von Teese would say, you could be the juiciest, ripest, most delicious peach in the world, and some people still don't still like don't it. like. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and, so and but the people that find you, yeah, you you know, people that love you and love what you do, um, they will find you, and the rest, yeah. that's okay. They'll find someone else that that's for them, um, that's right. and that's that's all okay. I'm sure that, that both of us irritate the shit out of some people who have come across us on the internet. Like, oh, who is this girl banging on about crap? I'm sure that that's the case. Yeah. I know it's true for me because I, I went through a whole period of time when I when my social media first started exploding that, that I got the comments. Yeah. People would literally be like, F off, you slag. Like, you know, like, why? Like, you know, the comments. And I was just like, Sometimes in the beginning, I was like, oh, man, like I'm, I've upset people or I've offended people or I've whatever. How have you navigated that? How have you navigated maybe having polarizing opinions? How have you navigated people not liking you, particularly on the internet? Uh, I always come back to was I being 100% me? Was I putting something out there that I believe in? And wow. if people can come back to me and they don't like that, well, that's okay. If they've taken the time and the energy to put that hate or whatever out there, that's on them. I give that back to them. That's their problem. Um, as long as I know that, you know, I've been true to myself and the information I've put out there is as correct as I know it to be, um, everything else just can kind of, Yeah. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it takes a long time, I think, though, to actually uh, not let that affect you. Like you said, you kind of get like, oh my God, like this person said this, I need to fix something. And now I just kind of go, you know what? I'm not that's, for everyone. That's right. Yeah. That's their energy, yeah. energy waste. <laughs> I remember, I remember someone saying to me, it was back 2017, I was at a, at a, a big seminar training for four days with a guy with, you know, training. Like I wasn't the trainer. I was, I was attending the course and there was a, a speaker there in the audience as well. in as a participant who I admire, he, he, you know, he's Tony Robbins right-hand man. And he was in the same course as what I was in. Yeah. And, and I had gone up to him. I'm like, Hey, it's so great to meet you. I really want to be a speaker. I love what you do. And he goes, well, what's your topic? And I said, Oh, well, I teach people how to love themselves. And he says to me, he says to me, what a load of crap. No one's ever going to buy that. And I was gutted at the time. Yeah. And then upon reflection and over the years, it's always rang true for me. And I've seen that and I thought to myself, you aren't my demographic. Yeah. He's not. He's not my audience. He's a, he, he at the time, a, a very successful middle-aged man, um, you know, fit, healthy and has a really strong mindset. That's not the kind of people that are hating themselves. That's not the kind of people who come from a history of low self-esteem, who have to battle against their own mind in order to feel good about themselves. That's, That's right. not the people. He, he doesn't understand the plight of the woman who has been told to be, or the man for that matter, who's told to be something. And, you know, I don't know his full background, but I had to have that realization that if it's true to me, if it's passionate within my heart, if I know that this is part of the mission, then then I need to just keep walking forward irrelevant of what the haters, no matter how much I've elevated them, what the haters are going to say. And I think like that's true Definitely. for you too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, that's why, why it's so important that there's people like yourself and I think like myself out there as well, 
because then it allows people to either find you and go, oh, holy shit, there's actually someone else out there that thinks like me or that has yeah. the same beliefs as me. And yeah. you don't have to believe what everybody else believes. And, you know, mm-hmm. you also don't have to uh, be vocal about that either. Like, yeah. <laughs> about, you know, just kind of get on with your life and, and do what you do. So, yeah. Speaking of beliefs, do you believe that through challenge we grow, we get stronger and we can overcome any obstacle that may arise in real life situations? Back in 2018, you actually it wasn't 2018, you also not just did the burpee challenge, but you're one of the very few women in the world to have ever competed in the 50 hour Kokora camp. It's t- tell, tell me very briefly, what, what is that? It, I, I hear that it's a training camp for forging mental toughness modeled after the US Navy SEAL training. What is yes. that? So it's modeled after Hell Week, which is what Navy SEALs have to go through. I think it's like their big last test uh, to be a Navy SEAL where they've they're put through a week of training. I think within that week, they get about 20 minutes sleep um, and they're just constantly put through these, um, you know, uh, training sessions and um, the 50-hour Kokoro camp is sort of like a little micro version of that. And Mark Devine, who created it, he's also uh, one of my yoga teachers. Yeah. Uh, he's also who I did the the burpees with. Um, he first, I think, started it for men who are wanting to actually go into and be a seal it was sort of just like a little taste can you get through this 50 hours if so Mm -hmm. then you'll you know possibly more likely to succeed uh becoming an actual navy seal um and then he ended up doing it um for corporations to have team building um with you know big companies and then opened it to the to the public and um you know i've no idea what it's like to be in the military. You know, I don't think that, you know, I'm a Navy SEAL or anything like that. But for me, it was just uh, um, going and seeing what I am capable of, uh, you know, mentally, physically, and emotionally, having the information that I got from the burpees of, well, I made that hell. And so I used that in the 50 hours going into that, well, I get to choose and I'm going to choose that this is fucking awesome and that I can do anything that I put my mind to. Um, So I took that with me. It was challenging, yes, um, absolutely. Um, But then just sort of that little change in my mindset of like, oh, hang on a second, I get to choose that this is a good thing. um, Was a was the biggest thing that I think got me got me through it. So yeah, yeah, mental toughness, resilience, your ability to choose and consistency is what I'm hearing is real themes of of how you got so lucky. Do you think that you got lucky? Is that what you think it is, Liz? I think I've worked pretty damn hard <laughs> to get to where I am. Um, I don't, I, that I, looked I like luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely don't put it down to, to luck. I think there's been a few things that have happened uh, where it's worked out um, in our, in my favor, um, you know, things like moving out of Victoria before all the lockdowns happened, moving back to my hometown in Batemans Bay, um, you know, gave me a little bit more freedom to do what I do because I would have been completely shut down if I was in Victoria. So maybe that was luck. I don't know. Um, but I knew I had to get out of there a couple of years beforehand. So maybe that was just a little, little something from the universe to, yeah, a little nudge to, to get out of there. So you could maybe call that luck, but, um, no, it's just, it's hard work and it's, it's effort and it's showing up every day and um, not, I'm not willing to accept the, the kind of, you know, mediocre life of nine to five grind, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it works for some people and I've got friends that they, you know, they do it and they love it and they do it really well, but um, I'm not willing to accept it. So. I love that. I love that. It's been such an amazing conversation to have with you and such an honor to, to have you share your wisdom and your knowledge and your life experience. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for having me. There is a, a maybe a, a, a beginning of a bit of tradition here on the More Confident Lunar Guy podcast in this guest series of How'd You Get So Lucky of I would like to close this conversation. Five words, they could be in a sentence or they could be individual. Five words that sum up for you how to live a life on your terms. Oh, okay. Um, Have a think. <laughs> Courage, courage, mm -hmm. courage, consistency, mm -hmm. purpose, mm. passion, mm. and love. Yes, I love that. <laughs> courage, consistency, purpose, passion, and love. Is that right? Did That's I right. Yeah. <laughs> Go brain, Luna guy. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, Liz. I, I know that my listeners and, and all the listeners around the world are going to get so much value out of hearing your story and that perhaps you didn't get so lucky. Perhaps you actually uh, worked for it with some serendipity along the way. Thanks for being here, Liz. Thanks, Lena. It's been great. Bye. Bye. Oh, it would be remiss of me. You thought that you'd gotten away from today's episode. You thought that we had said goodbye to Liz Fulop, but actually... What I didn't ask, and one of the most important questions, Liz, you are a phenomenal trainer. What you do is absolutely incredible. Tell me, how can people find you? So they can either find me on Facebook or Instagram. I am at challengefitness.me. Uh, or you can jump on my website at challengefitness.online. And you can find all my stuff there. Uh, you Love can that. reach out to me. Uh, my email's on there. My mobile phone number's on there. Um, so... Yeah, go have a look and Do check you have it out. Anything coming up? Is there, is, is there anything like how can people get involved with you? Yes, I'm actually starting a uh, 12 week fitness and nutrition program with a very holistic approach uh, on Monday, the 22nd of January. So if people want to reach out about that and find out more, please do, because uh, I'd love to love to have people there with me. Yeah, beautiful. That's 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 it, folks. That is how you go and find Liz. Go jump on. Every all of that details are going to be in the show notes. So go check out Liz Phillips. She is an incredible human being to whom I adore. So please go do the thing. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the More Confidence with Luna Guy podcast. I hope you feel more confident, more self-assured and ready to go tackle the world's problems and maybe kick ass in some of your dreams. If you haven't already, I would love for you to like and subscribe, follow and maybe leave a review so that other people know how to find this awesome podcast too. If you're wanting to sink your teeth into something even more juicy, my number one best-selling book, Perfectly Imperfect, Your Complete Guide to Loving Yourself and Loving Your Body is now available on all good bookstore sites, both in print, digital, and I narrated it for Audible as well. If you think the coaching or maybe one of my courses is for you, why not head to www.moreconfidence.com.au and get in touch and see if we can talk. And of course, you can find me all across the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, 
TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, which is where you're probably listening now, or maybe even here on the podcast platform. Sending you big love and wishing you a beautiful day.